Hello and welcome to the Celtic Down Under podcast. I'm your host Jared and joining me tonight are John and Liam. How are you Liam? Ah, good thanks Jared. Uh, still pretty cold up here in Japan but uh, yeah, otherwise all good. Um, but uh, you know, I think we have to take a moment of uh, quiet reflection here, you know, because um, we lost a great man last week. Um, you know, he didn't always say the right things. Sometimes his words could be taken as offensive, but I think he meant well. So anyway, RIP DMX. X can give it to you. I was actually going to play some intro music for that and I couldn't get it to work before. And then, yeah, John can vouch for that because we were talking about it before you joined the, the stream here. So, um <laughs> Yeah, good, good I chuckle. That's where I was going. <laughs> and how are you, John? I'm good. Um, we must have had some of that Japanese weather because we've had a big cold snap in Sydney. It dropped by like six degrees to a resounding 19. That's pretty cold for us. <laughs> I, I'll take six that. Six degrees here at the moment. Yeah. Liam, you win. <laughs> I thought it was bad enough when we had a day of like 13 or something on the weekend, but yeah, Liam wins, everyone. And <laughs> me and John talking about like 17, 19, 13. Isn't that like warm in Scotland? Yeah, for sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, don't worry. I'm working on my tan for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll um, start off with the usual. just want to thank every single one of you who has subscribed to the Celtic Down Under podcast. We've seen a nice little spike in our uh, subscription numbers, so we appreciate that. If you're listening and you haven't already subscribed, please pause our podcast, go and subscribe. It'll take you three seconds. Come back and enjoy the rest of the show. We really appreciate would appreciate that. So we'll um, start off the podcast with a little chit-chat about Celtics game on the weekend, a big 6-0 win over Livingston. For me, I mentioned last week, it's a bit of a team that we've struggled to, to beat, get points against in the last few um couple of seasons I think I was listening or looking at it listening to some video or looking at it we've only picked up like one four of our last 10 against them so yeah quality 6-0 win they're the sort of team that you don't normally pump either like if you're gonna beat them it's normally 2-1 or a 3-2 or something like that so decent result the way we played was looking more like it um what was your take on the game John yeah, yeah. Um, it is Livy's normally a team we don't really. Um, I mean, yeah, four out of tens, yeah, ridiculous to beat them. But they're but they're normally a very good setup, and I think Sean pointed out on last week's pod um, that Livy aren't doing particularly well just now. I don't think that takes anything away from our performance. Um, I uh, we all felt something like this coming, or at least we we were disappointed that it hadn't happened yet. Um, I don't know. I think for a big part of the season we could see that. Um, being a team by this score wasn't going to happen anytime soon. And then I think for the past couple of weeks, we've been doing, um, we're getting a momentum, doing better. And I think some of us felt like this type of doing was coming. Um, I was dead impressed. Again, what Forrest gives is just incredible. And I think that, I think that boy just does not get the right amount of appreciation for, for his role in our squad. Because the second that he comes back in, Christ Almighty, he's, he he changes the shape and he changes our attacking momentum and our focus and stuff. So he, um, yeah, I was again really impressed. I did think that um, until the first goal, I, th- I thought we were sloppy in the first half, for the first like 25, 30 minutes. I thought we looked poor and um, we were giving a, a lot of passes away. Um, I don't think Turnbull had a great first 30 minutes or 
overall game probably and Kenny's probably the same. But the second the goal went in and they just kept coming and coming. You could see after about the second or third goal, we were getting karma, we were getting clinical. We, we, we sort of, you could see the click, the snap, and all of a sudden it's the old Celtic again. And we were just enjoying our time. So yeah, nice to see, especially going into the next game as well. Just to use a big word here, putting Forrest out there adds a bit of dynamism to the uh, our front three that we were missing all season. <laughs> That's the word of the episode. I don't think... Anyone else will use the word bigger? Liam, the journalist, over to you, mate, to beat that word. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, uh, yeah, I'm not going to try and top that. <laughs> no, um, I thought the game was a, a very good display. Oh, um, on a side note, uh, shout out to the uh, the Celtic fans before kickoff, giving Prince Philip the old 21-gun salute from outside the stadium. You know? <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, I, I felt good performance. Um, like, like John says, a wee bit rough before the first goal went in. But once it went in, I think Livingston's entire game plan was just to shut us out. And as soon as it became clear they couldn't do that, they didn't have an answer for anything else. Um, and we just battered them. And Forrest was excellent. Turnbull came on to a good game. Um, Elianusi... When he turns up, he's almost unplayable, and that was one of the days where he turned up. Um, if we can just get that guy to show some consistency, he 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 could be our best player. Um, yeah, I really I was impressed with it, and it's exactly what you need going into a game against the Huns. On that Alanusi point you made, he's kind of reminds me of Samaras. I've seen a few people say the same thing, where you know within the first 10, yeah. 15 minutes of a game, if he's gonna be a guy who's just gonna be unplayable or if he's going to need to be hooked after basically the first half. So he's one of those things. And with the form he's shown lately, having scored 18 goals so far this season, Edward potentially moving on, is it worth, you know, making the moves to sign him? I want to know that from you guys. What do you think, John? Um, I, it depends on the price. I think um, anything more than like probably seven and a half and it's probably not worth it. I think there's also a thing as well, um, depending on Celtic's form, that's the type of player you're going to get. You're going to get an inconsistent player like El Yunusi at seven and a half million, six million, something like that. Because that's, that's, what, that's what the market dictates, right? If we were going to get, if we wanted a more consistent player to buy, I mean like ready-made, more consistent player, um, it's, it's out of our price range, probably. Um, so what we need to do is, I mean, El Yunusi is a good example of like, we kind of know what we're getting there and under the right sort of management and coaching, he could be worth 16 to 20 million. Easy. Um, but yeah, I would take a punt if it was just, you know, the right type of money for me. For me, I think it's going to be an issue. It's going to come down to twofold. One, what's the transfer fee? And two, what's the wages going to be like? Because the wages is going to be the killer. And... Mm. If you put those two think factors together, are you really going to stretch the boat out and then run the risk of upsetting the apple cart in the locker room where having him earning a lot more than other people and then be as hit and miss as he is? I don't know whether that would be worthwhile long term. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I read a report the other day that, that alleges he could be available for as little as $5 million. If that's the case, we should jump on it. 
Yeah. Because even if he is inconsistent, we'd get more than that if we sold him again in a year's time. Yeah. 100%, yeah. Yeah. Which is which is why which is why um, we need the right type of uh, framework in place so that we so we can snap at things like that and they can instead of this long winded transfer and managerial appointment which we're going to and just dragging it and dragging it and dragging it and then missing out on these type of people we just need to fucking snap into it and get these players. Mm. Yep. Yeah. All right, you just touched on it, John, so we'll jump straight on into um, the next topic, which I put on our run sheet as discuss the latest in the Celtic managerial saga. I think we're into the sixth or seventh week since Lenny's gone, so saga is an apt word to use. Um, I'm kind of sick of the old Eddie Howe talk, if we're, if we're getting honest here. you got people like every, every man and their dog is having their say in the media in Scotland at the moment. you got... Rod Stewart one day, you've got Frank McAvenny another day, you've got Joe Ledley coming out today. I mean, like, I don't think we will see any movement on the manager situation until next week after we play the Huns on the weekend and Don Mackay's in on Monday and then it will all ramp up from there. Being a realistic person, that's what I think is going to happen. I'd love for them to just say the day before the game, oh, Celtics kind of play the Huns, and we've signed Eddie Howe. That would be great, right? But I don't think they're going to want to tie him to Peter Lowell. They're going to want to have a clean start with whoever the new manager coming in. That's like, here's Don McKay, and this is his man, and this is his director of football, and off we go. That's where I think we're at at the moment. But, boy, this is taking forever. I'd love to hear your takes on it, guys. Oh, go on, Liam, you go. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that... I'm becoming increasingly worried that Eddie Howe is just using us as a stepping stone. I think there's a, con- a genuine concern there that he's just using Celtic to try and generate more interest so that uh, a Crystal Palace or somebody like that will come in for him and say, look, get me before I go to Celtic. And we really don't need that, you know. I think Eddie Howe would be a good manager if he came in, but you, you, know, you guys know already I'm on record, he's not my first choice of the, the people we've been linked with. He's not my first choice, but obviously I'll I'll back him if he comes in. But Go on, Liam. Who's think... your first choice then? Oh, well, I mean, I've, I've, I've said before, I prefer somebody a bit, a bit further afield, like a, uh, either a, a Dan Petrescu or a Sergei Rebrov, um, or for the, for the star quality, Frank Lampard. I think they would all be more interesting than Eddie Howe to me. They're more... They're bigger box office. Um, but, you know, Howe's a very effective manager, good at what he does, and if he comes in, then fine. But I think if he really, really wanted it, it would be a done deal already. And I don't want... Whoever comes in needs to be 100% on task. And I'm not convinced Eddie Howe is because it's taken so long to get him on board. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm also growing more frustrated with the whole saga if that's the right word and um i i i agree that um i'm worried that eddie howe is using this in as a as a way of building momentum to get a different club also um just a few things i do think eddie howe's using no matter what happens if if how comes to Celtic, he's using Celtic as a stepping stone exactly the same way that the rat did right um whether it's 
that happens now or at the end of that managerial career step at Celtic. Okay, that's fine. But he's using Celtic for a stepping stone for a be- for a bigger club. Yeah. Uh, or or a club with more money, probably is better to say. Mm. Um I I I I feel that if we don't get how we've got Kennedy. That's just a fact. That's the Celtic way it's going to happen. It, I don't think there's going to be anybody else. I think we're we're putting all our eggs into one basket and if it doesn't happen, we're getting Kennedy. That would be our manager going forward. All right, John, if um, you had the choice, then sorry to jump in there. If it's going to be another one of the rumours, Roy Kane or John Kennedy, who do you go for? Um, well, Because that'd be the two. If, if How doesn't come in, that'd be the two. Yeah. No, I, I mean, Kennedy's probably um, got more going for me uh, in the sense that he's, you know, he's... He, he, Young at the, uh, the the career, he's new at the managerial game. He's only been an assistant manager or coach, um, so he's probably got a lot to prove. And he's worked with some really um, good managers in his time as well. So um, I would go for that because Roy Keane's track record is atrocious, right? And I and we all know what his like personality wise because he's very honest, and that's his media persona is exactly what he's like outside of the of the screen and stuff. So he would just be problematic. It'd be, it'd be Lennon on fucking cocaine. Just a fact. <laughs> so yeah, look on, honestly, I I don't want I don't want Keane anywhere near the club. I don't think he I don't think he brings uh, the blockbuster factor that um, Liam was talking about. I don't think he brings um, experience. So yeah, I would take a risk on Kennedy. Um, I I still reckon that Howells. I reckon I reckon it's you could take the the media hype two ways. Right, the fact that everyone's talking about it, every, all these pundits and journalists that are all supposedly in the know, and they're all talking about it, and they're all speculating, and they've all got their fucking cent, two cents in. Right, that could be a good thing. That could be pretty much it's confirmed, but informally, he is going to be the Celtic manager, but it's just not official yet. But everybody kind of knows he's 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 taking it. Um, or the other ways, they're wildly speculating to get audiences, but um. Yeah, so I, I I genuinely do think that Howe's going to be the manager. I think uh, Jared's right. I think it's going to be a timing thing. It's probably going to be when Mackay comes in, or it might even be after the Huns game. But I reckon he'll be announced a week and a half, two weeks, probably the best. But off the back of what you just said there, John, all this speculation in the media, all these people, and you know all the bloggers, all the you know, other podcasters ask the same. We're all talking out our asses. Let's be honest here. I'll put my hand up. For sure. I'm reading the same information that everyone listening to this is. I'm making an informed decision on my own, what I think is right. But what I think is right doesn't mean, isn't going to be the same as what John thinks, what Liam thinks, what Sean thinks, what Claire thinks, what, you know, Kevin in the Singapore CSC thinks. Everyone's going to have different opinions. So for me, it's one of them where we're all talking shit and the papers, they're all doing it because they want to sell papers, get clicks, as you said, John. It's, they're all speculating to try and, you know, keep the story relevant and keep their headlines and keep people engaged. So at the end of the day, every With time you get an article coming out, it's just people talking shit. There's one caveat to that, right? <laughs> and this is my experience, just, yeah, growing up in England and stuff, is 
English pundits and English football fans in general, they don't want to be talking about Celtic ever. <laughs> they, don't, <laughs> they don't want anything, right? <laughs> they just, they, it's all at arm's length stuff. So being for, and you, we all know the type of pundits we're talking about on like talk sport shit, right? They don't want to be talking about Eddie Howe's appointment at Celtic and speculating about that shit. They're getting forced to speak about that by their producers. So there's a bit of like, you know, yeah, they don't really know much or... You know, but the producers might know a bit more because they're in the know. Do you know what I mean? Like, there might be a bit of that. Obviously, we we don't know. We're all speculating, but mm. it's also that they're getting nothing from the club, so they're just yeah. They one person puts an article out, and then the next person reports something that they said in that article as a fact the next day or two days later, and then it's just spiraling. So, yeah, it's, mm. it's funny to see. I don't yeah, whatever. It is what it is, I suppose. Let's throw it to the journalist again because Liam looks like he's got shit to say. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just thinking like there's usually with with this kind of story that's ongoing, there's a cycle to it, and you notice like different journalists will have their different take on it. But from what I've been reading for about the last ten days, every major news source is just recycling the same two or three quotes. Mm. There's very little original original investigative reporting going on into this which tells me that on one hand Celtic are giving the press nothing which is good because they've given them far too much in the past but on the other hand it also means that the the interest level like you say in England and whatever probably isn't there um, The there isn't the same zeal to try and uncover what the real story is and that's, that's because Scotland traditionally has been very badly underserved when it comes to journalism at a British national level. Um, and Celtic's current situation is just one symptom of that. 100% agree with you there, Liam. Couldn't have summed it up better myself. Plus, mm. the, um, there was something you said early on, and I was just started laughing about it, but it's like no one's telling anything and you know they're not hearing anything from the club, which is good, especially after all the leaks earlier this season. Like, Thank God for that. Yeah. That's what made yeah. me laugh. I'm like... Yes, about effing time. <laughs> That's stopped, isn't it? That's gone almost. Funny mm. that. The the all the mole stuff has sort of disappeared. I mean, if you were dead invested in finding out who that was, it's got to have to be someone between, you know, then when it ended and now sort of who's left. It's kind of obvious, isn't it? There's how many people have left from that time? There's two. Two main people, in my opinion. Lenny has gone and Frimpong has gone. That's yeah. it. So I thought it was the cleaner. <laughs> we're leaving paper in bins and stuff. Yeah, that's the way it is. Yeah. What's the lunch lady's son? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it is what it is. But we'll jump into the next topic then because you mentioned it earlier, John, about John Kennedy's performances as the interim manager. Um, I want to get a feel of what you guys are thinking of him. Like, John, you touched on it earlier, but I want to know what you guys are thinking about him because for me, personally, I was like, you've heard all the good things about him from people like The Rat and like, you know, Ronnie and all these people who know the game and they talk him up like, he's good, he's going to be quality manager. And at first I was a bit iffy, but now that he's been in the chair for, what, a month, five weeks, something like that, six weeks and he's had times you can see players are going out there and there's a clear game plan now people are making runs off the ball 
We saw Edward on the weekend making runs off the ball instead of coming back for it. We saw Christie doing the same, which opened up space for Kalmak to get forward. So the performance, in my opinion, on that front is looking really promising. However, this is the thing that's really got me. I thought Kennedy would have the personality of a wet fish. <laughs> like, be sitting there, three-second memory, brain going on, like, useless. And I'm loving hearing him talk in press conferences and all that sort of stuff. Like, to me, he's really impressive. Like, the way he gave it to Gerard and gave about, you know, the whole COVID breaches and all that sort of stuff. And he's actually standing up for the club, but he's doing it not in a smart arsy Lennon way but uh, this is you're, you're wrong and this is why and this is why and this is why it's you can tell he was mentored pretty closely by Rogers the way he's going about it and yeah I'm not 100% against him getting the position if Howe doesn't but he's probably fifth drop for me if that was the case what do you reckon Liam? I um, I, I still don't think he's quite ready for the Celtic job I think he, I think he could become a very capable manager and he's shown signs of it I really I agree with what Jared says I really like the way he's going after the um you know going after the usual suspects in his, in his uh in his press conferences and taking no shit and it's good because the club themselves seem quite willing to swallow all this shit and it's good to finally have somebody in the official capacity who isn't willing to just sit back and take it. So for that, yes. But the difference between being a good ambassador for Celtic and being a good Celtic manager. Kennedy's an outstanding ambassador for Celtic. I don't think he's quite got it as a Celtic manager at the moment. Um, I would, you know, hopefully he goes to a smaller club and does his apprenticeship, you know, and learns the ropes and Maybe in a few years they can come back and replace whoever the next manager is. You know, that's a possibility. But just not not quite yet. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Liam. Like, I don't want him. I said he'd be a fifth option. Like, for me, it's still how I'd rather how David Wagner come in. Um, what's his name? Lucien Favre. I'd rather him come in. Those mm-hmm. would be probably my top three at the moment because other guys like Benitez and them have ruled themselves out. Then fourth option would probably be a guy like an Enzo Maresca because he's a big promising up-and-coming guy who has been mentored by like a Pep Guardiola and has been an assistant manager at Premier League level. And then Kennedy, if all else fails. So for me, that's the way I look at it. But I'm sure everyone else has got their own different thought process, as we said earlier. So, But yeah, as you said, Liam, if he was to go elsewhere, say if he went to a St Johnston or if he went to a Kilmarnock or something like that, and spent two, three, four years there, build up a good program, he could potentially come back to us. So I wouldn't be against that in the future. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I can't, um, I can't disagree with um, anything anybody said. I think, um, I think Kennedy's at the beginning, isn't he? He hasn't even taken over a first team really yet. So um, apart from now, I guess. But you can see in the way that you were saying before, Jared, that his, the way that he structures the team and the direction he gives to players is uh, Roger-esque. And it's really encouraging to see that now, that instead of having this old-school mentality, I say old-school, it's like the 90s, 2000s, whatever it was, 
um, where it was just like you had 11 players and you wanted the individuals to shine. And that was what a good team would. And now you've got this very, very rigid structure. You've got a particular way of playing, a, a personality of every team and stuff. And each little player has to fit into that cog. And that's good to see that Kennedy's emulated that from the time he's taken over as interim manager. Um, but it would be such a risk to give him a full season because we don't know how he's going to react. He hasn't had the experience, really, as being a first-team manager to have all of the different things where, you know, that to a lot of extent that Lennon had and Lennon dealt with in different ways and stuff and how Rogers had. I mean, Kennedy's had no experience playing teams in Europe. He's only done, you know, the sidelines and the Scottish football game and stuff. So, yeah. Look, I, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't hate it if we did a proper due diligence and we went through all the different, you know, proper viable options of who we want as a manager. And then if Kennedy was like, nobody wants to move anywhere because of COVID, blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. He's kind of given a buy then, isn't he? He's like, but I would. I think a team like Hibs would be perfect for Kennedy to go on to. Don't I'm say Hibs. Like don't say Hibs because then the rumours will start of Jack Ross coming to us. No, we don't want another Hibs manager. <laughs> don't do that to us. No, no, don't, John. A team like Hibs. Do you know, Aberdeen would have been good for him as well. Yeah, I know. To be fair. Aberdeen. Yeah. Even a Dundee United or something like that would be good for yeah. him. Yeah, But, yeah, something you were you were saying there. But if, say, no one was to... If no one came and he got the role, fine. But you said he hasn't had any of the big games. So the next five games that we've got guaranteed are going to be big games for him. You've got Aberdeen. You've got two games against the Huns. Now, once we get through, you've got a Hibs game in there as well. So there's there's four of the five games. I can't remember who the, who the other team is in the top there. So realistically, like... St. John, St. Johnson's top six, isn't it? Yeah, probably. That's see, I can't even remember. Let's be honest here. <laughs> but <laughs> those games, if he goes, if we go against the two games against the Huns, and we put in the same performance that we had against Livy, play well, get lots of shots, we're looking like a team, and we win at least one of them, and draw the other, and then we go and absolutely slaughter Aberdeen and Hibbs. That's going to put a lot of you know, positivity over his name again and it's going to help him grow his brand again. But, yeah, realistically, fifth drop for me. I'd say that's about right. I'm probably there as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's a fair shout. Speaking of fair shout, Slam, I'll use that as the, the thing here. And we just touched on him about John Kennedy giving shit to Gerard about the, um, the whole Sevco 5. Now... It took how many days was it? Sixty something days for him mm. to get charged. Sixty one. And then, you know, they appealed it because, you know, their captain's out, Tavernier's out, their backup right back is Patterson who copped a ban, and suddenly they've appealed it, and so it's not getting done until next week, so he can play in the derby on the weekend. Now, mm. I want to know your take on what's happened here, quickly. I don't want to touch on it too much, but. If the shoe was on the other foot and this was Celtic player, okay, and say Kieran Tierney was still at the club, okay, and he got ruled out and we had a promising young left back behind him, would you, or right back or whichever position we want to talk about, if we did, if the same situation happened to us, would you be happy if Celtic was to appeal it just so they could have someone play the game? 
when they've clearly done the wrong thing. I'll throw to you first, John, because I want to let Liam stew on this a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, fucking of course I'd be that's what I want something to do. <laughs> oh, but because they did it, they can fuck off. They're scum. That's like that. <laughs> um, I could be really fair and say that, you know, the way that we got our players banned was at the beginning of the global pandemic and arguably theirs is at the end. So, but yeah, I'm not going to be. Uh, it just shows complete and utter um, nepotism, to be honest, um, from uh, the SFA and, and um, yeah, them. Um, I hope he scores five own goals when we play them, and that would just that would be just justice. That'd be vindication. I, yeah, I I think it's interesting that you also brought up Tierney as well because when we had Ryan Christie banned, that was because of the Tierney and Armstrong involvement in the Scotland squad. So I think it's one rule for them and a different for us. It's, it's actually it highlights a failure in the process. As much as I joke that I would want Celtic to do this exact same thing, it highlights that there's a failure in the in the process, and it should be that these decisions and appeals should be happening much, much quicker. The fact that I work with government agencies and I can get a turnaround answer in 48 hours, I think a fucking Scottish agency or a Scottish um, association can, can do the same. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't take that much effort. You can do it on Zoom. Do you know what I mean? All I want to say, John, is you mentioned Tierney there. I'll say that was some magical hosting there when I completely fluked that. So, <laughs> <laughs> And... Before I throw it to you, Liam, I just want to say, rant incoming, go. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, look, we've known from day one of this season that every stroke was going to be pulled, every favour was going to be called in, every dodgy handshake would be shook to make sure that Rangers won the league this year. And so it's panned out that way, and this is just the latest in a long line of quite blatant favouritism, nepotism, corruption. Um, it's really... The sad thing is, none of us are even that surprised by it. We all expected it. We all knew it was going to happen, and it's happened. As soon as they were cited, we said, oh, they'll get a slap on the wrist, or they'll get, you know, they'll get away with it. And we're at a point now where, you know, more than two months later, they haven't even been convicted yet. <laughs> And uh, really, I, I'm just, I, I'm actually more annoyed at Celtic for just taking this. Because we knew it was going to happen. We know, we know the Huns are always going to be that way. Because in their mind, what they want, they get. And it's that simple. That, that's how they view the world. But for Celtic to just not even challenge it is really quite, quite disgusting. We should have been demanding that this was resolved before the cup game. Um, and I really think that, I hope our, when our new chief exec comes in, we can return to the days of Fergus McCann when we took no shite and we said, look, this is not on. It's not going to happen. I think we need to get back to that. 100%. Give him a good kicking in the dick. That's all I have to say. They need, they need to know his <laughs> boss who runs Scotland's, Scottish football. Yeah. We do. Here's one, right? Just thought, just came to me there. Um, do you think it's a sign that they're a little bit fearful of the game? The fact that they had to appeal to get uh, their, you know, second string right back involved. In Absolutely, the they, they are. 
Absolutely, yeah, they are. Couldn't change their formation. They couldn't. Yeah. Have a look they've at it. it already. Have a look. They haven't. They've dominated us in the first game and only beat us one nil or two nil or whatever it was. Their last two have been one nil each, and we've had more shots on target, more possession, and we've missed wide open shots in both goal both for goals in both games. Like mm. realistically, no, come on now, it, they're there to be taken. I'm being honest yeah. with you. With what I saw on the weekend against Louvie, for the first time this season, I'm actually going into a derby thinking, we can sculpt these fuckers. Yeah. They have not convincingly went out and pumped somebody for about three months. The last time I saw Rangers go out and convincingly beat somebody was about two or three months ago. Mm. They've been staggering for, for a while now. And they're just lucky that no one's actually managed to catch them out yet. It's yep. the long, they're long overdue a doing from somebody. And it's going to be well, us on Sunday. Here yeah. we go. Here <laughs> we fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we'll roll it into our preview of the of the game on the weekend. So, Liam, we'll start with mm. you. What do you think we're going to uh, see? And what do you think the starting lineup will be for the game? Now, do we do we know exactly when the kickoff time is going to be yet? Has that been confirmed? Yeah, it's midnight Sunday our time, which is midday, I think, or three pm. That's right, three pm yeah, Sunday. No, yeah, it's three pm. Yeah, right, three pm Sunday. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I think that's a bit stupid, you know, because I don't, I don't remember the Queen or Prince Philip rescheduling anything when Rangers died, you know. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, I think. Um, well, uh, starting lineup. I think I think we should just go with the team we played last weekend, if possible. Um, you know, if everybody's fit, then just go for it because that team looked good. And how can you really justify dropping anybody from a team that's just went out and won six nothing? You know, really, I, Celtic's biggest one of Celtic's biggest problems all season for me has been that we haven't had a settled start in 11. And if we've got a team that's just that's just taken six off of somebody, let's stick with that. Because this is a, a game we want to go out to try. It's a cup tie. We want to go out to try and win it. We don't want to play for a draw or do a damage limitation. We want to go out and beat this mob and beat them well. And I think we should just go with exactly the same team. What do you reckon, John? Uh, yeah, I I a hundred percent agree. I think we should go with the exact same team. Uh, I don't think we will go with the exact same team though. I think there's two positions. One I think's well, no, nah, both of them fifty fifty changes. I think Laxalt might start, and I think Turnbull might get dropped, and Christie might start. And that's and I don't think they should, by the way, but I think that is what will happen because I I I think. What Turnbull brings on a good day when he's up for it um, is fucking world class, and he won't be at Celtic for ages. Um, and I and I don't understand. Taylor doesn't do much wrong, and he brings a lot both going forward and defending. So, uh, yeah, but that, I I wouldn't be surprised if those two started in front um, of the other two. Um, but you, I agree, it should be the exact same team. Momentum. Yep, agree as well. Yep. Ooh. Call it like yeah, a hat trick right here. All agree on that. That we should be um, 
same lineup out there, let the guys loose and just man for man we're better. And any any of you Huns listening in who, you know, like to listen in onto our show for shits and giggles purposes, you're gonna lose. And yeah, mm. if if you don't give us powders on Twitter, I'll tell you to fuck off. We're you're gonna lose. Just deal. <laughs> same lineup. We're gonna pump yours four nil. Get it up, yours. Morales red card. Boom, their first one of the season. Happy days. Happy class. Uh, now, <laughs> as our last thing, are there, I think it's, well, I just just to ask, so will will Rangers fans even be watching the game? Won't they all still be masturbating over the funeral from the day before? You know. I mean, come on, I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Jeez. <Fuck>. <laughs> uh, oh. I've, got, I've got plenty of comments here, Liam, but you know, there's <laughs> there's an explicit setting and then they're getting kicked <laughs> off like podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts getting booted. <laughs> and disowned from your family and it's a restraint right now. He's <laughs> stopping this but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any, oh. Anywho So while we're having a laugh It's perfect Because I put on the last topic for us Was for a laugh Let's all do a Lenny And state our left field selection for the game So for me I'll start off with that Because you know how we'd always go Just throw some weird thing like You know Kelmack at left back Or whatever For me Because <laughs> yeah. Forrest is injured And we're not He's a bit iffy for the game If I was doing a Lenny Karamoko right wing. Over to you, John. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'd hate that that much. Imagine um, if he come on and sculpt him with a hat trick. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about this. Right, I think uh, I thought two things. I think if it, were, if it was going to be one of those left field decisions, it'd either be El Yunusi up front. I don't know how that would work. Or Edward gets dropped and it's Griffiths up front. <laughs> Someone who's not started in ages, and I think that would probably be the. That's the probably it, because Lenny and Griff are like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and over to you, Liam. You got a nice smirk. I can only imagine what this is going to be. I'd um, I, I I'd like to start bar casting goal just for the pleasure of seeing a Greek immigrant who actually pays his taxes. Wouldn't it be more like uh, Barkas has always wanted to be a midfielder, so he's sticking it oh, up. God. <laughs> attacking mid. <laughs> just play Bruni in goals. Why not? For uh, Bruni in goals, yeah. <laughs> Every time he saves it, just does the Bruni. Yep, perfect. <laughs> there you go. Something stupid. Ah, good fun. So you boys got anything else you want to bring up before we um, wrap up the podcast? Um. I guess the only thing we could say is um, that I think everyone knows that on social media there's been a few Lennon videos and we decided we weren't going to bring it up as a topic so we just want to pass on um, to Lennon anyone who knows him that we here all support him. Hell, hell. Absolutely. Hell, hell. In, in, Neil, in Neil Lennon we trust or whatever it is but yeah um, all I'm going to say off the back of that as well is you've got all these people commenting saying it's mental health related it's alcohol whatever for me who hasn't been off their ass completely blind in their lifetime like every single one of you isn't perfect so give the man a break that's all i have to say and love you lenny and everything you've done for the club 
So fuck all the haters. Yep. Absolutely. I think after all he's been through in the last year or so, if anyone's entitled to go out and get pitched, it's Neil Lennon. Absolutely. Um, so I and also a, a sincere fuck you to the ghoul who fucking filmed it and put it online. Um, give the man some privacy for God's sake, you know. Absolutely. Yep. So I think we're all on the same page here. So yeah, we'll leave that topic there. Looking mm. forward to the game on the weekend. Gonna, I don't know, a few beers. You know, it's gonna be a dusty Monday, I reckon, work-wise, because the game won't be over mm. till two, two thirty, whatever. But our time. But who cares? Fuck it. Whatever. Yeah. Let's get some. Let's get the win. Put them back in their box, and uh, yeah. We'll just uh, quickly finish yep. off by, if you're on Facebook, please like our Facebook page, Celtic Down Under, and join our group. Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at Celtic Down. Website is www.celticdownunder.com. Liam might have an article on there next week or in the next couple of days leading into the derby. Who knows? Yeah, I think I will, yep. And uh, I knew that would be coming. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out for that. We'll share it all around, but... Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you subscribe and, yeah, into these bastards on Sunday. How, how? Yes. Hell, hell.